0: Thank you for tuning in to Adversity University, and welcome to class. Hey everyone, it's Sean. Just finished up another great interview with Eric Otto, a fellow Atlantic Hockey conference player. Garrett and I know that conference very well, and another very inspirational story and. We keep saying it over and over again, but it's pretty special to me how these stories all come together. The last two weeks before this, we had two guys on who suffered a lot from mental health and Eric, as you hear later on, uh, went through cancer and junior hockey, so he was you know nineteen years old and through that battle, he talked about how it wasn't just the cancer you know he got into some depression and anxiety issues as well and i think that all of these things they come together and the advice is is similar and he has new perspective and new you know tips and tricks for lack of a better word on how to get through some of your hard times garrett what'd you think about eric
1: yeah i think you bring up a good point and obviously that was the point of us starting this whole podcast and i don't know if we've really said it before but we're learning a lot, you know, and as we've mentioned before, we hope that our listeners with, you know, ourselves included can learn these lessons without having to walk in people's shoes or take something away for it for when you, for when you do face a tough time or tough adversity. And you would think with talking to people that have gone through adversity or similar scenarios, uh, it, that it would be beating a dead horse in the sense that they have the same advice. And I find that every single person we do has different advice and I don't want to spoil the story, but Eric talks about having a, a furry friend there to, you know, help <laughs> him along during his tough times. And I never once thought about that. And I think that is a great example of, you know, finding something in your life, giving it love, and it'll give love back to you. So again, another great episode. We're really fortunate that Eric had the time to do this. Uh, I mentioned in there, but, uh, AIC is going to be a tough opponent and uh, I look forward to watching him in a Yellow Jackets uniform.
0: Yeah, it's been three years since he's had the opportunity to play the game he loves and it's pretty impressive that he's uh, not only overcome cancer but gotten back to the point where he can be an asset to a Division I athletic team and uh, that's a pretty quick turnaround so very impressive out of him and like you said, everyone has different advice and I think that Part of that is also that not only is everyone's journey special, the recovery and way that you get through adversity is going to be special to an individual as well. So definitely we hope that you guys can take this advice and use some of those things, but if they don't work for you, you just have to keep looking and stay optimistic and you will find a way to get through those tough times and come out on the other side. Let's kick it on over to Eric Otto.
2: Monument Hockey Academy provides the highest level of developmental training available today. With intense focus on individual skills, including skating, stick handling, shooting, game awareness, and competition, MHA offers players the opportunity to take advantage of up to 15 hours of on and off ice time per week to continue their personal development outside of team-specific training. Our coaches bring Tier 1, college, and pro experience and are trained in the latest and most cutting-edge programming in the world. Our academic support staff provides guidance and coaching with a variety of educational platforms, including including online, in-person, and hybrid models while ensuring students' NCAA eligibility from middle school through graduation. At MHA, our goal is to provide an opportunity for every player to reach his or her maximum potential, both on and off the ice. For more information or to schedule a visit, go to monumenthockey.com.
1: Today's guest is from Savage, Minnesota, and he is currently a Division I hockey player at American International College. He recently won his fight against stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. We're very excited to have on the podcast Eric Otto.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here.
1: Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, can you tell
3: us a little bit about your childhood and what it was like growing
1: up in the great state of hockey?
3: Uh, yeah, growing up, uh, it's, like you said, Minnesota is a big hockey state. It was really cool watching the state tournament growing up. Um, and then when I was really when I was really young, the Minnesota Wild became its thing. So it was cool doing that, Um, but yeah, it's pretty much all hockey all the time. In the summer, you're playing hockey. In the winter, you're playing hockey outside. Uh, It's pretty incredible. It's really nice.
0: You mentioned watching the state tournament, and Minnesota is so unique in the sense that they treat their high school hockey almost like college. Is how I would kind of compare it. You know, your state tournament's played at the NHL rink, and Mm -hmm. it sells out, right? Like, what what's
3: that environment like? Uh, it's it's incredible, honestly. I got the privilege to play my senior year of high school. I got to play in it, um, and it seems like every year they set the, a new record for attendance. It's like something like twenty thousand to forty thousand, somewhere around there. Um, but it's you know it's something I'll definitely never forget. Uh, it's it's crazy. You know, you go there and you, like everyone in the state that follows hockey is there. It's what it feels like. So it's a really cool experience.
0: Yeah, my dad went to. College at the University of Minnesota. And he said that when the state tournament rolls around, you just find a couple buddies, show up, watch like three, four games in a row. You have no idea like what the schools are playing. And it's just yeah. great hockey and it's a good time.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's really cool. It's, a, it's an incredible atmosphere for sure.
1: I feel like that'd be awesome to grow up in. And I feel like every person I've ever played with or met that's from Minnesota always touches on Minnesota high school hockey. Um, and I know that Minnesota's bigger, but it was the same when I was in Wisconsin too. and. When I played junior there, I'd never seen it like that before. Just the showing and the support for the school,
0: I thought it was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's awesome. What so, on journey f- like
0: uh, going from high school hockey? Did you go to junior hockey after that?
3: Uh, yeah, after high school, I went um, – I didn't play at the end of my senior – at the end of my senior year like a lot of guys do. I waited for the next year, then I joined the Des Moines Buccaneers. I was lucky enough to play there in the USHL. Um. Really, I can't say enough good things about Des Moines. They were incredible. Um, During my second year juniors, I started with Des Moines, and then halfway through the season, around the trade deadline, I got traded to Chicago Steel. Um, They were just in a playoff spot, and they are going to make a a good push for the Cup, so they just made some trades for me, an older guy with more experience. Um, Hopefully I could have helped the team or anything like that. Uh, I did my best. At the time, uh, when I got into Chicago, my – Doctors are kind of guessing that's when I first started picking up the Hodgson lymphoma. So it's kind of tough to think about my hope. Most of my time there, I was sick. didn't even know it. Um, so it makes me wonder, like, could I have helped the team more or anything like that? You know what I mean?
1: How deep of a run did you guys make it that year? Because Chicago's really kind of become a staple, um, you know, in the USHL as far as making it deep into
3: the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I the f- we made it to the second round. I ended up losing to the U-17s, the USA team. Um, I think we lost that series 3-1. to one. Um, I, That's literally the last game I've played. It's been a long time. It's actually crazy to think about. Okay, uh, yeah, crazy. I think we uh, got knocked out the second round. I think we beat Muskegon the first round, I want to say.
1: Okay. Um, so, unfortunately, injury is a part of most contact sports. You have suffered multiple broken bones, and at the time, I'm sure it was devastating, especially being such a young age. What would you say to any younger kid that gets news that they'll be away from something they love for such a long period of time?
3: Um, yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, contact sports can be dangerous, and you know you can suffer injuries, but there's you just gotta battle through it. You know, it's it's part of the game you love. You gotta stick with it. Um, just because you're going to be out for a couple months doesn't mean you're not going to be, be be better when you're back, you know, so uh, just definitely keep pushing for it.
0: So you mentioned that you were sick at the end of your time in junior hockey. Were you able to uh, play in some of the games or how were you able to still play at a level that got you a division one opportunity?
3: Um, I, so I committed a few. So I started talking to American National College when I was still in Des Moines um, and then they followed me to Chicago and. I want to say like two weeks after I got to Chicago is when I ended up committing. Um, so by that time we had about a month and a half left of the season. So it's kind of, it's hard to tell when exactly I like started being sick, but thinking back, I remember like the sh- the shifts I would take were, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Like they're just really short and you know, it's just, I'm, I'm a fourth third line guy. You know, I just I try and eat up their top line and get off the ice. It's kind of been my role. So I just kind of, I didn't think much of it. Um, that's definitely one thing that sticks out to me. um, How quick a shifts I would like to take versus, you know, as a kid, I would stay out there as long as I could, you know?
0: Yeah. You mentioned not knowing exactly when it started, but on September 11th, 2019, during your freshman campaign at AIC, you were diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. Can you take us through that day, how you found out and what your emotions were like?
3: Yeah. Um, it was, it started as a normal day. Um, you know, we wake up, go to class, or you wake up, go work out, and you go to class, and then you go to the rink. Um, I got through the workout through class. And I had just gotten to the rink. I was getting ready to get on the ice. Um, but the day before, I had taken, I got x-rays taken on my chest because I had talked to my coaches about, like, how I'm feeling kind of iffy and not good or anything. So we got pictures taken. And I got a call from Dexter Hall, our health office here at AIC, and they said, we need you to come back right away. We need to talk to you. Um, don't get on the ice. And I was like, oh, okay, shoot. Um, so I got undressed, kind of moped my way over to the health office. Cause, you know, I, I was thinking like, I don't know, a month off or two months off, maybe you have pneumonia or something like that. Um, <clears throat> uh, but then when I got in there, uh, they kind of sat me down and, went over a whole bunch of possibilities and uh it was kind of it was a little subtle how it worked um they're 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 really good about you know not just saying like oh you have cancer uh they started off saying just stuff that they're seeing like they had they saw a big black shadow in my the right side of my chest like in my right lungs um and basically mentioned hodgkin's lymphoma and at the time it went through my head i didn't know what that was um Uh, and then she kind of slipped the cancer word in there at the end of the sentence and I kind of like was like whoa that's kind of scary. I remember my head coach was right there with me he came with me um, and I just was sitting there and I just looked over at him and and then just looked down I didn't know what to think or what to say. Um, After that I you know I definitely called my parents and let them know what they're thinking is going on and how like they're like They're telling me they're 95% sure that's what it is, but they need to do further tests. Um, And, yeah, it was was definitely a tough call, definitely tough calls to make.
1: I had to look up what Hodgkin's lymphoma was, uh, sorry, Sean, just because I didn't know what it was, and I'm sure our guests don't necessarily know what it is either, but um, it attacks the lymphatic system. um, And from what I read, uh, it's kind of a, a rare cancer. I guess most cancers are pretty rare but it attacks white blood cells called lymphocytes and, you know, symptoms can include fever, night sweats and weight loss. Did you, you know, did you have some of those symptoms and what really led into you? I know you said you had shortness of breath, but what were really the, you know, underlying things that you were going through? Like, this doesn't seem right. I don't
3: really feel hundred um, percent. Honestly, like thinking about thinking back, there were a lot of things that I ignored. Um, you know, night sweats for sure being one of them, I would get chills, Uh shortness of breath was probably the biggest one. Um, I remember I lived in the uh, dorms I lived in, we lived in the third floor and we walked up the stairs, it would take me, I don't know, five minutes to get up the stairs and when I'd be there, i just, I'd have to stop and like take deep breaths and you know, it just, and it sucks thinking about how I'd, I could have done something a lot sooner. Um but uh, yeah, I had aches and pains, like laying down when I would go to sleep, I would have to sleep on my back because it, it would hurt to be on my side, like breathing. Um, that's something I ignored for a long time, just hoped I'd go away. Uh, I definitely had weight loss. I think I was like regularly healthy one 185-ish pounds. Um, I think when I got to school that year, I was probably 165, 166 or something. Um, so, yeah, I was real skinny, real scrawny.
0: I wanted to ask what the following days and what the treatment process was like for you.
3: Um, yeah, the, the first couple of days after they told me, like, they're 95% sure I have cancer, um, they got me into a specialist or a clinic or something to get a, a CT scan taken, I want to say. It was a CT scan or a PET scan, I can't be sure, the first one we took. Um, but that was just to really solidify that, you know, that's what's going on. Um, it was really difficult. Obviously, I couldn't practice anymore, and I had to go back to the team and tell them all what was going on with me. And, you know, it was nice getting their support. It was honestly incredible what they did for me. It was just it was just really hard, you know, not being able to be there with them, having to leave and stuff like that. Um that senior class from last year they were juniors at the time you know they're a class that did a lot for our team you know before they got here the AIC was not so much on the map you know low-end team whatever and now that they're now after they have left you know we're ranked higher, we get bids for the top 20 and stuff like that like they've done a lot for us so it's one of my biggest regrets is not being able to you know go to battle with them
0: yeah I, uh, I know firsthand how good your team has come uh yeah. You guys uh, knocked us out of the playoff tournament in an overtime game and went on to win the conference and went on to upset the number one team in the country. And yeah, when it gets to that level, you know, you're just you're rooting for those guys in your conference because the Atlantic Hockey Conference gets looked down on a little bit. But you guys have definitely put it on the map. And I think that you have to look at the opportunity that you still have because you were part of that culture. You know what it mm-hmm. took to win, and now you have the opportunity to, you know, continue that journey that they started you guys on.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, what's really important during hard times like that, you can't go through it yourself. Uh, who was your support group, and who were some of the people that you leaned on?
3: um yeah when uh at first you know when I was here um, it, after I was diagnosed, I think i left for home about three weeks later or two weeks later. Um, but when I was here, it was definitely my team my coaches my coaches would be at every doctor's appointment with me, and everything like that. It was uh, Eric Lang uh and Steven Wilder and um, Mike Towns. They were the coaching staff that year. They were with me every step of the way. That was incredible. Um, After I got home, it was definitely my parents. They were there for a lot for me. I'm a twin. My twin brother was there. And I do have two younger brothers as well. So they were all really awesome. Another family definitely worth mentioning is um, the Thompson family. Uh, uh, It was my girlfriend's family at the time. Tia Thompson, her name is. She was kind of my number one. Uh, my personal care nurse, I guess I should say, she was there with me every second of the way as well. You know, in the, in the cruddy morning, she'd get up with me and, you know, hang out with me in the bathroom, stuff like that. Um, I can't say enough about them and their family. They're incredible. So that, it was awesome.
1: It's funny to hear a, a firsthand story. And you, you mentioned your guys' head coach, Eric Lang. And uh, I've mentioned before we did an interview with Brian Riley, the head coach at Army. And there's a select few coaches in the Atlantic that I have a lot of respect for that I've never played for. And Eric Lang is one of them, uh, you know, for reasons of how you guys respond to him, how he treats opposing teams, how he treats the refs, um, and obviously his will uh, to win hockey games. So it's cool to hear a firsthand story um, about him going above and beyond to make sure that his player feels comforted and supported in very trying times.
3: Yeah, definitely. Eric Lang's probably the best hockey coach I ever have maybe ever will have, you know.
1: Yeah, and even though cancer is such a physical battle, how important was your mindset in overcoming cancer?
3: Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, You know, it is a lot physical. You know, there's a lot of days where you just, you know, you feel terrible, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to try and figure out something you can do to keep your mind working. There's a lot of times where, you know, I'm just you know, sitting in bed watching the same Netflix show over and over or whatever it is. It's really important to keep your mind engaged. I struggled a lot with, with like, you know, depression, anxiety, stuff like that. It was very tough for me um to deal with, I guess. It's that's stuff that, you know, growing up I never thought it would happen to me, I never thought I would even have to worry about, you know, mental illness or anything like that. Um so I kind of got a rude awakening, but I definitely did get help. Um, I, You know, I went and saw a therapist, had someone to talk to all the time. And then, you know, that really did help me a lot. So it's definitely very important to keep your mental health in mind in a situation like this. Cause at first I really didn't, I, re- I didn't think I'd have to worry about it. I thought it'd be fine. You know, I just kind of cruised through and, you know, I'd be back and ready to go afterwards, but it, that was definitely not the case um i was I was beaten down like emotionally from just not being able to be myself for so long, and that really it was really difficult you know that's mental illness is definitely something people should know about people should talk about and you know have knowledge of i think for sure
0: that's really eye opening for me I never even had thought about you know the mental impact of going through something like that and our last two guests actually uh, went through similar things with depression and anxiety, so they had some really good advice for people who might be going through it. I know you talked about, you know, keeping your mind busy, whether that's watching the same show over and over. But do you have any other tips for someone who might be going through a mental health struggle?
3: Um, yeah, I think for one thing, I did. Um, I uh started hanging out with my dog a lot. So I like emotional support animal. Um, I did that a lot. She gave it's incredible you know you give a bunch of love to something or like a dog and they can just love you just as much back and um it felt like she gave me purpose a lot of the times you know bringing her to the dog park or anything like that that was a lot after i was done with chemo So when i started doing that stuff i didn't leave the house very much during chemo um but yeah you know emotional support animal is definitely a good route
1: not to answer Sean's question, but you briefly touched on it. And, you know, with every guest, as Sean mentioned, the, the previous two that we had, a, a big theme was talking about their problems. And you mentioned having a therapist. Um, and I actually had a therapist my freshman year at UMass Lowell. The coaches recommended it. And at first, I was kind of, you know, like, why do I need to go see a therapist? Like, there's nothing wrong with me type of thing. I think that that's how many males are kind of stoic in the sense that they think that they can handle all their battles themselves. But one thing that I think is great about seeing a therapist is they've seen so many people that have probably gone through a lot more shit than we could ever even imagine. So the advice that they give back to you is one unbelievable, but two, you get to talk about how you're feeling and knowing that you're not going to have judgment against you. And I know we feel like we can do that with our friends, but I feel like even with our friends, we hold back on some of the things that we want to say Strictly because we feel we may be judged.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely something that you know not everyone wants to even talk about or even think about, but um it's, it can really take a toll on your body uh, well on your mind and body. Um, it definitely is good to have someone to talk to you. But having a therapist like like you said who has seen have seen it all, um, it's definitely helpful
1: have you continued to see a therapist or have you kind of gone away from that now that you're, uh, you know, through all the treatment?
3: I've, I've gotten away from it a little bit, but I, you know, I do think every single day, like I should, I should just go sign up. I should just go do it. Um, I probably will soon. Not just to say that I do mean that I've really have thought about it often.
0: Yeah. The current situation we're in right now, it's just, it's changed everybody's world and, I mean, especially for you. You've been out of hockey for a few years now, at least games and you know, COVID nineteen pushing the season back. I'm sure that's just insanely <laughs> yeah. frustrating. Oh yeah,
3: definitely. Um I was, you know, thinking about well first of all I'll say there was a lot of times I didn't think I was gonna get to play again. I just you know think to myself, like, am I gonna be able to do this? Like I've never played division one level. I've I I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to get my body back into it and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, once I talked to my coaches and, you know, I solidified the idea, like, I'm going to do this, um, I, I didn't picture my return being anything like this. At this point, what, we should be a month and a half into the season or so, um, and then we're still waiting to play our first games. So it's, yeah, incredibly frustrating uh, not having the chance to return to what would we call a normal hockey season. But, um. You know, I still look forward to playing every day. I, I mean, I got to make the lineup first. Like, we're going to be – I think we're going to be good. I, it's going to be tough to make it, but I am very excited for it.
1: I think that's a great point that you bring up, uh, you know, about having a growth mindset is that's not to say that you aren't going to have days where you doubt yourself, but I think that you have to have more days where you think positively about yourself than negatively. Um, but I think that's a great point that we never really touched upon because I think all these successful people in the world – You know, when you talk to them, they say how they have great positive self-talk. But once you're in it and you're doing it daily, it's not every day that you're like, man, that was a good day. Or, you know, I did great today. There's some days you're like, man, I'm not feeling it or I didn't have a great day. But it's about putting that in the past behind you and making the most of the day you have ahead.
3: Yeah, definitely. I hear you. It's definitely a good idea to, or definitely good for the soul to uh, have a positive outlook on life, you know.
0: And I think you just took down those barriers for yourself as well, because it wasn't just about recovery. I mean, I'm sure at first it was, but once you set your goals that high, it helped drive what's necessary to get there. Like I'm sure your workouts are that much harder and you know, your skates and stuff too. It's just the mindset leads everything. So props to you on setting your goals that high.
3: Thank you very much. I've always known college hockey is where I want to be, what I want to do. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't give up on it just cause I had a, a tough bounce, you know,
1: Sean, just kind of mentioned about what were your goals, uh, you know, starting from the day that you were diagnosed through even now?
3: Um, yeah, The once I was diagnosed, you know, I really went straight into recovery mode. Um, I knew I wanted to get through it as fast and easy as possible. Um, so that's really what I thought about for most of the time. Um, nowadays, I'm healthy, I'm playing hockey again. My goals would, you know, I just, I want to start here at AIC and do well. I want to make sure I have a good impact on the team on or off the ice. Um, And that's, you know, I'm pretty AIC oriented right now. I don't want to like look ahead to, you know, pro or anything like that. I, you know, if I get that opportunity someday, um, you know, I think that'd be really cool. But right now I just want to, my biggest goal is to have a good impact on AIC hockey for sure
1: think it's really hard for us to stay in the moment so that's a, a great way to look at life in general not only the hockey but I think a lot of us get so focused on you know what's going to happen in a year or maybe even five years instead of just living today for what it is so I think that's a great mindset to have and I think that that's only going to benefit you in the future and you know in your longer term goals of you know potentially playing pro hockey yeah So your mom battled breast cancer and had a double mastectomy. And when she was 20, she also was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma.
3: Yeah.
1: Do you think growing up while she was fighting cancer and the fact she has been through it more than once helped you on your unexpected
0: journey?
3: Oh, 100%. Um, You know, I didn't when the first time she went through it, I, you know, I was nowhere around. It was 30 some years ago. Um, She went through... A bunch of chemo and radiation, and you know, she was diagnosed with the same disease that I had. Um, when I went in for my treatments, I just did chemotherapy. I, they didn't need to do radiation, so I like that was like a silver lining I'd found, and you know, I'd tell myself, like, this, this still could be a lot worse. Um, she, you know, she talked me through what she thought it might be like, but you know, she, it was uh, so long ago, treatments have changed a lot since then chemotherapy when she was 20 and then um in 2001 she had 2001 2007 and 2009 she had open heart surgery and then 2011 was breast cancer and then 2012 was abdom- abdominal cancer and then ADRS in 2008 two weeks on the ventilator and like, she, like she's been through it it's 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 such a long list it's hard to keep track you know so it's it was you know, when I, when I called her and told her about what I had just been told being diagnosed, I said, you know, mom, it's like, it's my turn. Um, just kind of joked about it. Try to keep it light. Um, cause I knew like, it's not something she wants to hear.
0: Well, I'm sure that hearing it from someone that you love and trust meant so much more than like researching on the computer, what it was going to be like. And she's, she's a hell of a warrior, man. That is yeah, she, some list. And she's yeah. battled through all that. Wow.
3: Yeah, she's incredible. It's definitely incredible.
0: Were you shocked at how much the hockey community rallied behind you once word got out?
3: Yeah. The hockey community was incredible. I could not have imagined as much support as I got. Like um, for, I guess for lack of a better word, I kind of felt like a celebrity. It was it was it was just really cool, you know, all the texts I got and you know the support letters like Gifts I got in the mail. Um, I even have Mercyhurst jersey right, hanging right in front of me, the Fighting for Fogs one. Still have that right here.
1: Fighting for Fogs, I remember when that happened. And um, unfortunately, Fogs lost his fight to cancer. But you and him were kind of around the same time. Um, so when we did that night, we thought it'd be good to commemorate you too and everything that you were going through. Um, and I remember after the game, it was really special. I'll never forget it. Both teams met at center ice, and we said a prayer for you and Fulgs, Um and it was pretty special, something, like I said, I'll never forget.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's, I remember watching the clip back on that. It was definitely uh, a powerful moment for sure.
0: Since you were redshirting, were you able to be at that game?
3: Uh, no, that last year I redshirted. The year before is when I had cancer. So last year I was here skating and everything. So what was it, 2000, it was 2018 I was diagnosed, and then, yeah, so eighteen I was diagnosed, went home that year, and then last year I was here full-time.
0: There's actually someone very specific that I hope listens to this episode. Uh, a good friend of ours, we mentioned him in an earlier podcast, Luke Scioli, he's committed to play at Army West Point, and he's going into his last year as junior, and um, they thought he had a, a non-cancerous brain tumor that was removed and they thought he was on the upswing and then just got news uh i think it was medulla blastoma it's a type of cancer and uh the brain still so he's gonna end up going through you know the six months of chemotherapy and stuff so um i hope he can listen to this and learn from everything you've gone through because now you're on the other side of it and ready to battle again
3: yeah definitely that's that's really tough to hear um I wish, I you know it's. I feel like I can't relate to something like that. Um, what I had Hodgkin's lymphoma, I, yeah, it sucked, and you know I don't want to do it again. Um, but that's another thing I learned, or I met a lot of people at the um, uh, chemo treatments. A lot of people that had a lot worse off than I did. You know, um, you know, tumors in the brain, or you know, just. You know, that just makes me count my lucky stars. Um But for Lucas, you said he's he's going to be a warrior. He's going to get through it and he's going to be strong.
1: Yeah, I love that. And thoughts and prayers are with Luke and his family. Um, But back to your story, you mentioned it had been roughly three years since you last played in a game. What will it mean to you to be able to put on that Yellow Jackets jersey for the first time on game day?
3: <sighs> it- honestly, it's going to be incredible. That's, it's a moment that I've thought about every single day for geez, two years now. It's, um, every time I do think about it, you know, I, I get choked up, I get teary eyed, I'm emotional. Like I, it's just been so long. Like even, um, a few weeks ago, we did a, like an inner squad scrimmage and just even skating around the circle in the warmups. Um, just, it just, you know, it kind of got me going. It's just something I hadn't done in so long. Um, I can't, I can't even begin to describe the emotions I'm going to be feeling. It's going to be something that I definitely will never forget, and I really look forward to it.
0: There's just so many things around the game too, like, you know, the handshakes in the hallway, and mm-hmm. you know, eating eating a bagel with the boys before you go warm up off ice, right? Just little things, enjoying time with the friends and family, and I'm I'm really happy you get to experience that again here soon. Uh, You're healthy now, hopefully feeling back 100%. Do you think you appreciate the little things a little bit more?
3: Yeah, 100%. One thing I, like you said, like pregame rituals, like I miss playing soccer. Uh, We call it um, sewer or whatever. I, I miss that a lot. I miss like just the preparations, you know, getting the zone with the headphones. I will definitely. I'll I'll definitely tape my stick more often. You know, I'm not going to take that for granted. I'm not a guy who tapes a stick every single day. Um, yeah, I, I definitely will not take anything for granted ever.
0: You're going to be a little rusty at sewer. Hopefully uh, those <laughs> Europeans on your team don't take advantage of you. Oh,
3: yeah. I, I like to think I'm pretty good at sewer. Um, but none of these guys here know what I got. I literally haven't played with them once. So... <laughs> Hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll surprise him.
0: Hey, well, Martin Melberg's lucky that you're not there to get him out this year. Oh yeah, definitely. Good. Well, uh, Eric, we can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story with us, like we said. We, we really hope it can be inspirational for someone going through something similar or going through something completely different. Like I th- you had a really good point. When you were going through your hard time, you looked at other people, and you know, it can be worse, right? And I think that you used their story and their situation as even more motivation for yourself. And we really hope that you can have the same impact on some of our listeners.
3: Yeah, definitely. I thank you very much for having me. You know, this is really nice. I'm really glad I was I'm able to talk to somebody about this, talk to you guys about it, and hopefully it reaches somebody that, you know, may need some encouragement or help or, you know, anything they need. So I really appreciate this opportunity, you guys.
1: Yeah, thanks, Eric. And when you play LIU, you know, hopefully your first goal isn't against me because uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. It's going to be a whole, a whole whirlwind of emotions. I'm going to be sad that I got scored on, but I'm going to be happy if it was you.
3: Hey, thank you. I, I I just hope to do my best. You know. <laughs> thank you very oh, much.
0: <laughs> if you score on Garrett, that is going all over our social media. Oh, that be <laughs> all over it. John scored
1: on me last year. Sean's a D man. Doesn't score a ton of goals, and he scored on me. And I think I'm still hearing about it. It's probably close to a year later. I'll I'll hear about that till I die.
0: Hey, you scored your best friend a D one game. Doesn't matter how it goes in, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, Eric, we appreciate it, man. Best of luck. And obviously, I'll be seeing you You guys stay safe and keep working your ass off.
3: Definitely. Thank you very much. You guys take care. Yeah, you too. too.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Adversity University. You can follow more news about Adversity University on our social media pages. Our Instagram handle is adversity Our Twitter handle is adversity underscore And our Facebook page is Aversity University. If you know of any high-level athlete or professional that has an interesting story of overcoming adversity and you think they should share it, you can email us at adversityuniversitytalkshow at gmail.com. You can also use that email if you are interested in becoming a sponsor for Versity University. We look forward to bringing our listeners more content from interesting guests weekly, so stay tuned on social media to see who could be next and what our past guests are up to now.